Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to I'm Talking, where we have honest, messy conversations. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for everything that everyone is contributing. I've got to be honest, today is our most requested one. I'm sick of everyone nagging me, but here we are. We have part two of a podcast that we did a little while ago with my good friend, Eugene, and we spoke about addiction. So it's good to have you back, Eugene. Uh, Part two, to be continued. And here we are. And really, essentially what happened was last, uh, last time you shared your journey around addiction. And I encourage uh, everyone to listen to that. Appreciate Eugenia honesty, your, uh, you know, it's just really raw and vulnerable and things that everyone I know needed to hear and need to hear. And rather than rush it, we hit pause and we're getting back on it today. So good to have you here. Say something because I'm just talking the whole time. Say hello. Oh, you can talk, Phil. Everyone knows you can talk. (laughs) Um, Well, it's great to be back and um, it's amazing how popular the last one was. I guess everybody loves drugs, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's not what you say on an addiction (laughs) discussion. um, It's obviously something that touches a lot of people. It totally is. So uh, essentially the end of your story, which was – uh, so well shared and again, encourage everyone to listen to part one, essentially, uh, where did we, where did we finish it? Addiction around? Uh, I think we left off essentially how I started the journey of recovery and the police yep. intervention and yep. home detention and all of that. So, um, yeah. So your, your story I think is, you know, your journey and your story and what, what I hope to do today, I guess, is just, um, now talk about some of the. Uh, you know, the impacts of that, the, ju- the, the journey beyond that. And so I actually wanted to start by asking something that in, in my time of knowing you, it's actually been a learning experience for me, uh, not about drugs, but about addiction. It's been, <laughs> it's been enlightening and uh, I've really um, learned a lot through hearing your story. But I wanted to ask you, what are some of the truths and or misconceptions around addiction? Okay. So, look, Obviously, we can all come from different storied backgrounds. Mine, I didn't come from a, a childhood of trauma and all yeah. that sort of stuff that led me into drugs to numb my emotions and, and that path. But regardless of where you come from, once you've got a chemical dependency, as in you're using a substance, yes. a mind, mood, mm. changing substance on a daily basis – what I've been taught in rehab and experienced myself, it changes the wiring of your brain. Yes. Right? There's pathways that crea- get created there and obviously your body's own production of dopamine um, becomes quite dependent on something artificial, something external that you're yes. putting in. Um, so once you cr- you've created that dependency um, – and you're recovering from it, I think the biggest misconception that people that aren't in addiction themselves or even those that are that haven't gone through recovery yet is your family and your friends and things can say to you, are you fixed yet? How do we fix you? Mm. As in you're, you know, you're like a car where the wheels come off and you just put a new wheel on and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the reality is that, uh, that addiction is there forever and probably has always 
in there. Sure. It's just if you happen to find the drugs, yeah, it all goes downhill quickly. I guess the same yes. way someone could find alcohol, and that will be their addiction. So in in rehab, did you did you have a light bulb moment? It was like oh, the goal of this quote unquote the goal is not to be fixed, but to be equipped, or like what? what? Yeah, that was certainly a, a, a pillar that that they drummed into us. Sure, is if if. If you feed into this um, dogma of being fixed, mm. right, you, you're very much going to end up being a, a continuing relapser or you'll fool yourself into thinking, sure. oh, I'm okay now. Yes. Um, and I guess where that gets you into trouble is if you think you're fixed, you'll most likely put yourself back into environments and around people Mm. that can bring you undone again. Sure. Um, so that's where that's where it's it is an ongoing battle and you have to you have to make sacrifices in your life if you want to stay clean and you want to stay on track. Mm. You really have to you know look at your surroundings. Who are you surrounding yourself? Where are you placing yourself? Yes. What kind of a workplace are you in? Um, are there people that are using that, mm. you know, whether or not they're addicts, if they're using drugs recreationally or conversations about it on yes. the, whatever, on a building side or, yep. you know, in the office, you know, yep. people knock off on a Friday and you've got that social environment of going to a pub yes. and there's all the paraphernalia that comes with that. Mm. Um, well, you're essentially trying to step into a fireplace and say, oh, I don't want to get burnt. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. get burnt. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, the, to, to manage addiction, you, you really have to be mindful of who you're hanging around with, Mm. what you're doing for work and can you insulate yourself at work if you want to stay clean and you want to keep the wheels on the car. Yes. You really have to stick to clean roads that don't have any nails in them. Yeah. Yeah. No potholes. Um, and invariably you're going to have events and things like weddings and, you know, people's birthdays. And if you really want to attend them, you need to have a plan around that. Well, I wanted to ask you about that. strategy. Because, you, you know, you, you, I, I've found you, have, you conduct yourself very wisely and intentionally in, in, in some of those things. So what is that like? Is it when, when you maybe can't avoid or find yourself, you know, unintentionally in a space or a place? Talk about internally what is going on in your mind, in yourself. Um, well, look, I'm in a good place now, so, and I'm pretty open and honest about my history. So that protects me in the sense that I'm, I'm not, I don't feel better than or less than I understand my own journey. And if I want to stay safe and I'm going to a birthday and there starts to be, you know, things coming out and people are getting too drunk Mm -hmm. and they're, you know. Yep. And I'm getting triggered. Yep. I'll just leave. I'll say to the birthday person, hey, I've got to go. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's getting a bit hairy for me. I've got to split. Yep. Or, you know, sometimes everyone's in in the moment so much. I'll just slip out. Yes. And usually I'll, I'll obviously, wherever I'm attending, they might already know that sure. I'm going to make an exit because I'll tell them beforehand. I'll probably sure. stick around for an hour or two. And, yes. You know, and then. I'll just slip out. Mm-hmm. So if you don't see me, yeah, happy birthday, yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> or sure. happy wedding, like, sure. 
I've spent, like, I think the last wedding I went to, as it got into the later hours, I think by eight o'clock after I finished dinner, everyone was getting pretty pissed. I just went in the car and slept. Yeah, sure. You know, my fiance Natalie kept partying on upstairs and things, but yeah, I just went to the car and slept because it was a lot less triggering to yeah <laughs> be there. Plus, um, my day, I make sure my days are pretty full and I'm pretty buggered. So my hands are full and I don't have time to kind of sit around and yeah. And yeah, something I've noticed about you is you're you're good at anticipating. So you you've learnt. Uh, this time of day or this place, and and I've noticed that about you. You yeah. talk to me about your plans to like you, you're quite ahead of the ball with yeah. But that just comes from experience. From and I was going to say over. from from yeah, yeah from like, relapsing from yes. thinking. You know, I got a got a year clean and thought, oh yeah, I can yeah go out and be in the mix. Yeah, and it really doesn't take very long to have mm-hmm. to be in a situation where you got stuff around you. Right, yeah. drugs around you, yeah. alcohol around you. Like I, I don't want to, you know, kick back and have one or two. Yeah, you know, and alcohol's never really been a thing for me either. So it's just kind of like a gateway. So, yeah, I've learned that through experience that <clears throat> if I'm in those places, I will dabble. Yes. So I need to get out and yeah. get out quick before there's any yeah. any danger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you talk about you know those moments where you relapse, trip up, what happens in you, in Eugene, when you, the morning after or the, the night of, or what, what, what is that internal process like? What do you feel? And then what do you do with that? Look, for me personally, a relapse has meant pretty much full blown. Okay. A relapse for me is not, <laughs> um, is not, oh, I'd, uh, I have something one night and go, oh, it's, um, that was a dumb decision and a sure. bit of self-loathing and get sure. back on the horse. Yeah. My history with drugs is if I have a go, I keep going until the wheels properly fall off sure. and life becomes unmanageable Yeah, and I need to put my hand up and surrender again. Yeah. So is uh, it, can I ask you, like if we can press into, is it, is it anger, shame, self-loathing, apathy, what what's your emotional response after it's all said and done? Yeah. Oh, massive shame, self loathing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I've walked that path a couple of times now, and I haven't had to walk it for quite a few years. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel pretty settled with it now. But at the time, oh, it's like essentially it's like suicidal. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and you think you can't you know, make amends for the things that you've done. But in reality, you can. Yeah. You know, you get a bit of time and distance. Um, And a big thing that I've really learned each time I have relapsed is you got to learn to love people from a distance that are still involved in that kind of lifestyle. Mm. You know, and if you do want to see them, it needs to be in a setting that doesn't have anything to do with yes. that kind of behaviour. And you need to put the boundaries up and say, look, can you not talk about that, yeah. discuss that, um, because I, I, otherwise I can't spend the time with Yes. You. Yeah. No, I hear that. And you've got to be okay with whatever their response is because you've got to remember that people that are, are still using, 
they want to justify it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, if you were to relapse, they get their friend back. Yes. Right. And you can't, like, you don't, initially you can hold a lot of resentment towards people for that and blame them. But in reality, you're in control of your own decisions. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and that's a massive key factor is just being accountable mm. to yourself. Yeah. You know. So let's unpack these people. So you've got family, friends, um, your, your biological family, you've got your, your uh, fiancé, you've got your, your clients, you've got a whole range of relationships. Uh, what do people do and what have people done that has helped you? What have people done that they had good intentions, but it's been unhelpful? Uh, can you talk about that? Because whether you're, people are battling addiction or not, we all need to be aware of what helps, what doesn't help, what yeah. what burdens, what serves. Sure. So look, across the board, whether it's been family, friends or clients, the most helpful thing is the unconditional love. Yes. And and all it takes is words. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really need to be much more than yeah. just a straight look in the eye or a text message or a phone call to say, "Look, we know you're going through stuff. Yes, and that you've made whatever mistakes, but we love you. Want to see you get back on top. Yeah, and you have our full support. Yes, that's." Really, it or you're a danger at the moment until we see you get back, you know, mm-hmm. into a, a sound frame of mind and, and healthy behaviors. Yes, I can't be around you, but I still love you. Mm. You know, that's probably the most helpful to hear. Yes, especially if you still, if I'm still um, dangerous to be around, mm. that that's a, a real, you know, can opener. It's kind of snaps you out of it to go, like, oh, you know, yeah. this person still really cares about me and they shot me between the eyes to say that they're, they're scared for their own safety and for mine. Yeah, that's big. Um, so that one really, I, I think, has, has the biggest impact in terms of support because no one can carry your bags for you, mm. right? You, you, you have to do the work yourself as much as you can have, you know, a ton of support around you and people wiping your bum and, putting food in your mouth. Yeah. Once you get out of that initial phase of, of um, not being able to self-care and you and people are taking care of your basic needs and, yes. and you come out of that side, you, you have to do the work. You have to look in the mirror. You have to start doing all these things for yourself. You've got to brush your teeth yourself. You've got to, yeah. you know, and you kind of just have to build upon that. So really if, if you have people close to you that want to help facilitate that, um, it's, it's about really facilitating it by hand holding and going, mm. running a checklist. If you've got, yes, you know, an addict in the house, um, that's under kind of under your roof and you've got 24 seven, you're around them. It's mm. like, okay, well, are you eating your three meals a day? Are you doing yes. some kind of exercise? Are you sharing? Mm. Are you mm. shaving moisture? Like. Just basic things, and once those things are kind of down pat, and there's, there's a habit that's been formed there, and you're not having to remind them of that, yes. 
It's, okay, how do we create purpose in your life? If you've already got exercise as one way of respecting yourself mm. and creating purpose in the day, what's the next thing? Could it be you're not quite employable yet, so maybe you should volunteer somewhere sure. so you sure. have somewhere to turn up to and you're giving back? Yeah. Um, and that fills up your self-esteem and gives you a sense of purpose. Yes. Um, and then really the next thing is helping them get into work because usually um, we've all got an anxiety around whether we're, we're worthy to hold down a job, whether we can handle that commitment. Are we going to relapse again? Sure. But if you don't take that step and create purpose in your life to fill up all this time, yes. you just go back. Yeah, idle. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the time, folks like myself that um, had an addiction to to uppers, drugs that made you feel mm. fired up, we need something that's like challenging that gives you some an adrenaline rush and a bit of nerves because it makes you feel alive. And so much of those chemicals in the brain have have become dependent on drugs. Yes. You really need quite a bit of a hit to yeah. And a push off the ledge to kind of do those things. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think. What did people do that uh, they wouldn't be aware of that made the journey harder? Obviously, there's people who, you know, the, the obvious stuff of using or offering or joking, like quite keeping it in your face. Were there people like friends or family, clients? who you just, when they finish, you just had to sort of just? Um, probably, I think the main one is people thinking that you're fixed and you can go back into environments yeah. that they go to sure. that aren't a problem for them because they're a normal functioning person without yes. um, addiction issues um, and they don't register why it's mm. triggering for you. Sure. That's probably the the most frustrating thing. Yes. Um, and a lot of the time, depending on how close that person is, you kind of just have to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the hardest thing because you know they might resent you for it, and you got to be okay mm. with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think your <clears throat> family friends would? Uh, say about uh, your journey? What do you think they would say? What would they say about my journey? Um, I guess the ones that really know all the details would say it's been a pretty wild one and I'm very blessed to have my life. Yeah. Um, everyone's, like, really everyone's been positive and, and, mm. and has always said that they're very thankful that... Yeah. I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've got a lot of purpose in my life, obviously, working with clients and helping people yeah. better themselves. Um, you know, it, it helps me stay fulfilled uh, yeah. and, and I'm doing a service to them so they're happy and grateful. And that makes a huge difference, right? If I was to, I guess, be in recovery but... I don't know, doing something that was harmful to yes to folks and yep. I would probably yep. drift back into the same yep. you know, yep. um, behaviours. So. Yeah, no, I think you are a real testament to 
um, facing up to battles and making good decisions, the tough decisions, surrounding yourself with the right environments, the right people. Um, I had so many people um, message me at the end of the last podcast going, so where is he now? What's going on now? It's like it was the best <laughs> cliffhanger we've ever had. And um, and I just do think a lot of people will be inc- personally encouraged, whether they're in this journey or not, um, to know that, you know, there is a way forward. Absolutely, and I think I think I think you know your story and and your life now. You got a great family, great fiance, great extended family. You know, a great business, great. Cl- you're like you really have so much to so much encouragement to give people, and that's my hope. I guess that there will be people listening who are right there in the middle of this fight, like that yeah. they're feeling dark, like you felt dark, or they're feeling like. There's no way, like you feel, and and I hope that this this podcast, this conversation, actually goes. There is a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, life is a lot better without drugs. Sure, like it, it truly is, and um, you know, it can sound pretty cliche to to say that, but for anyone that has been in addiction and has dealt with the messiness of it or a family member that's got someone in addiction, like it is chaos <laughs> and there is no trust. Sure. You know, um, that's probably one of the, the, the best feelings now is that I actually have the trust of my family, wow. my parents, yes. you know, my fiance, my stepkids, my clients, yes. you know, um, and that's an amazing feeling mm. to have that. And that's probably one of the biggest um, factors in staying clean is I've worked freaking hard to get yes. that trust back. Yep. Yeah. And it only takes a split second to make a decision to lose all of that yes. and go back into that. Like, yeah, to go back into that kind of a, a tailspin um i just i just repeat to myself whenever i have those kind of thoughts now mm. is well i've already done that a few times and had to pull myself out of it a few times i don't need to have that experience again yeah. i want to have other experiences yeah yeah right in life yeah uh, that certainly helps me to to stay on track and as well i've got a lot of things in my life now from people and relationships and business and material things that i don't want to lose and i know how quickly i i I lose everything when i start using yeah yeah so that helps to protect me but um for folks that are that are in the thick of it um there is certainly a good life without mm. the drugs you just need that clearance time and be patient and keep sitting on your hands and distract with yes. anything possible like if you're literally trying to get off or you've just gotten off you pretty much want to have somebody that's safe around you that you can trust that isn't using mm. firstly yeah and you just have to distract the whole time. Yeah. 
So whether it's, you know, playing PlayStations or reading, watching videos, you've got to watch the content that, that you look at though because yeah. I remember when I was on, I think it was on home detention and all I could do was obviously stay at home and I'd, you know, play PlayStation and watch movies. You got quite things. good at Gran Turismo, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember the, that movie Flight with Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and, yeah. and there's some cocaine usage in there. Mm-hmm. And, man, that got got me going. Really? Got me going hard. Like the, you know, fantasy. I think I probably even rewinded it and replayed it just to get that feeling. Yeah. You know, and that that is kind of an eye-opener of how mm. how heavily you can get triggered. And that you have to watch the content. So I, I swapped and started listening to more, I guess, hardcore motivational guys like um, Les Brown and yeah. there's another guy, uh, I forget his last name now, Eric, but I pretty much just pumped my ears with positive mm-hmm. motivational accountability stuff, stuff to do with training, stuff to do with you yeah. know, self-development to shut out what was going on between between my ears, my own thoughts. I had to implant other yes. people's thoughts. And I kid you not, I would listen to this stuff for <laughs> like eight, nine, ten hours. Yeah. Just to reset my my thought pattern. And that certainly helped a lot because if, if you don't have something to fill your head up, you'll just keep going around the same yep. circle. Yeah. You know? um, so that – that's definitely a, a great tool to yeah, use awesome. that, that was vital for me. Yeah. Well, I think um, you've offered, you know, the personal stuff, the practical steps, and um, and our hope, as always, with these conversations is that it would help people. Um, I think, you know, um, I'm not someone who's had, you know, an addiction to substances or things like that. But I have learnt so much knowing you and talking with you and hope that I've been a good, you know, good friend from what I've learnt for you. And I hope that everyone listening, even if you're not in that space, we all have a part to play in helping our community and helping each other and being good neighbours and good friends. And so I think, you know, that's why I think these conversations are really important. And we we don't want to just skim off the surface with these things. We want to really deep dive, be authentic, be messy. I think mess is okay. Mess is good because everyone's got mess. And so, Eugene, on behalf of everyone who asked to forget this part too, I want to say thank you. Um, <laughs> so, so many people were like, I, you know, what you shared, your story did resonate. And I hope that this part has practically equipped, practically encouraged people. So on behalf of everyone, I want to say a big thank you. And um, my pleasure. Onwards and upwards. So, onwards and upwards. So thanks, everyone. Hey, uh, that's I'm Talking for today. You can find out more at imtalking.me, all the links around impact and different ways to be a part of it. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on I'm Talking. If you want to find out more, check out our website, impactc.me. We'll see you next time.